This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network. Did you know that Duct Tape Marketing is more than a powerful system for small business marketing? It's also a network of independent marketing consultants around the world who use the Duct Tape Marketing methodology to help small businesses grow. Check it out at ducttape.me slash 123go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance and my guest today is Neil Schaefer. He's a global keynote speaker, university educator, social media agency owner, author of a book we're going to talk about today, The Age of Influence, The Power of Influence to Elevate Your Brand. So welcome, Neil. Thank you so much, John. It's really an honor to be here. So the days when we could just have one title are really gone, right? You know, we got to be speakers, authors, you know, consultants, all that kind of stuff. So hey, you, you you fit in well. You got to pivot these days, you know. <laughs> That's right. So let's. I, I mentioned your book called The Age of Influence. Let's um, let's define influence, or, or or at least influence or marketing, at least. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think when marketers think of that, especially these days, there's this cringe that right. says. You know, why would I want to pay someone with a lot of followers to post a photo and pay money and just get likes and there's no business value? And who are these people? So let's first say, you know, John, I mean, you've been doing this longer than I have, obviously. But, you know, in doing this for a decade, we've seen lots of social networks come and go. We've seen, you know, back in the day, we called it blogger outreach, right? Um, And then we've also had things like employee advocacy and we've had brand advocacy. and, And, you know, John, I first saw you the only time I've seen you on stage was when you spoke at Chapman University here in Orange County after you published the referral engine. And, <laughs> That's right. and, and, and so, you know, with influence, you know, there's, there's more content creators out there. There's more people participating in social media. Even in the influencer marketing industry that's very Instagram-centric, they will define an influencer now. It used to be minimum 10,000 followers. Now they say 1,000 followers, which is a nano-influencer. So, you know, I look around. Who, who do you know that has a thousand followers? There's, there's a lot of us out there, right? And it might be some of your customers and it might be some of your employees. It might be people that talk about you on social media or your followers. And these are all people that already have some sort of like, know, and trust with your brand and they could be leveraged. So for me, you know, influencer marketing is about how I redefine this concept of digital influence because it's been around. I mean, we had celebrity endorsements for the internet. It's yeah. all the same thing. But with media production and consumption and publication all being democratized now, there's a lot more digital influence out there. I mean, ask your kids who influences them, right? I'll never forget when, uh, and, and John, you and I might be about the same age, when, when uh, Top Gun came out, one of my best friends in high school, he started riding a motorcycle and wearing a black leather jacket, trying to become like <laughs> Tom Cruise, you know? But these days, it's, I look at my 15-year-old daughter. She's, you know, she's trying to do all the dance moves on TikTok, right? Um, she's watching Chloe Ting workouts. And I didn't know about Chloe Ting until I started, my daughter started talking about it. So there's a whole new era, a whole new generation of people being influenced by people that we don't know. But that same concept applies to B2B. Um, the same concept applies to nonprofits. It's really about leveraging the digital influence around us. And, and when you think about how hard it is for businesses to be heard in organic social media because the way the algorithms work, if we really want to incite word of mouth, we need to work. We need to collaborate with other people to, to make that happen. And and that to me is how I define uh, influencer marketing. Yeah. So it's interesting. You mentioned this, um, you know, and there's lots of stories about this now or research on this that, you know, people would go and pay somebody that had a million followers a whole bunch of money. 
um, and get no results out of whatever efforts they did because they weren't, you know, it was obvious they weren't into the product. They weren't real evangelists. It just was, it was advertising really almost. And so, um, and so now um, the true info, and, th- and this has always been true, but I think it's, it's easier to measure now, you know, that person that has a thousand people, but 700 of them hang on their every word, you know, is probably, uh, well, is proven to be much more valuable um, a, a, as an asset to, to really cultivate, isn't it? Yeah. I, you know, the data shows that less followers you have, the more engaged that community is, probably the more niche the topic is that they're talking about. Right. And there's also less of a chance that they played that influencer game of trying to buy fake followers or buy fake engagement or, right. or participate in pods. So, so yeah, absolutely. And, and when you think about it, um, you know, even if they're not the traditional influencer, but more of your employee, your customer, your fan, it, it says the same, but they're not in this for the money. They do this naturally. People are drawn to them by their message, by their content. And what they say does matter because we, all the data shown for, for a decade, we, you know, we relate to people and, and we trust people that, that are like us, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and that relate to us. Yeah, Kevin Kelly, you know, gets a lot of credit for that idea of 1,000 true fans, you know, that that's really what it took for somebody to have influence. Um, uh, and I think that applies. I'm not sure he was applying it to social media, but it, I think it applies to just building anything uh, or having influence in every every circle. So are we only talking about social media or are is there influencer marketing, you know, outside of social media today? I mean, influence is everywhere, right, John? I mean, even, you know, the referral engine wasn't referring to people that are that are in social media. It was referring to your customers. But now that some of those might actually be active in social and might actually have built up a little community where if they recommend you, it has even bigger impact, right? When we look at customer lifetime value, part of that value is also the, the referability. How many customers is that person going to refer? And if they're very active on social and they have yeah. a community that, that increases those chances. So, you know, what I've found, and like I said, I think this is universal, you know, influence isn't just on Instagram and TikTok. It's on LinkedIn. It's on Twitter. It's on Facebook. It's not just in the medium of photo or video. It's also in the medium of text of bloggers. It's also in the medium of audio with podcasters. They're yeah. extremely influential. And it's not just digital media. It goes beyond digital to offline world, right? The concept of influence. Mm-hmm. But what I'm really interested in is those that have digital influence because with you know the, the post-COVID-19 day of today, we, we need to be digital first and we need to meet our customers where they're at, which is either you know search, social, or email. And that social part is huge and it's really hard for brands. You can try to, you know, pay to play and advertise your way into it, but it's an advertisement at the end of the day. So that's where I think it's really, you know, who is your target customer? What, what, you know, who do they listen to out there in digital media and find ways to collaborate with those people? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about advertising because obviously Facebook kind of got wise to businesses and said, we're not going to show your stuff anymore. You know, you have to buy ads now. So somebody who's a true, I think you call it visual um, doing visual social, if somebody who's truly doing that well, it's kind of it's kind of obliterated the effectiveness of ads, even hasn't it? Yeah, because if you were to scroll through your Instagram feed, it's really easy now to tell the ads to the yeah. organic content. And I, I had a client, you know, hire me like a few years ago because they had a social media team that was trying to create imagery for Instagram, and their advertising team was in charge of the content, and the organic content literally looked like ads. <laughs> and and I, I think it's just a reminder that, you know, social media was made for people, not businesses. And the visual networks is another area where businesses just struggle. And it's like, you know what? 
let's just leverage UGC, user-generated content. You know, Ritz-Carlton's done this, Disneyland's done this. Let's have influencer takeovers on Snapchat because we can't figure it out. And I think there's nothing wrong with using the voice of your customer to represent your content. There, there's, I think it's a great thing. And I think, you know, we tend to think of using influencers for content amplification. I think there's even bigger value in using them for content creation of including them in your content. B2B businesses have been doing this for a long time, whether they invite influencers, you know, interviews on podcasts or webinars or guest blog posts, right? But it's, it's the same thing. It's another type of influencer marketing. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I hadn't really made the connection necessarily, but I tell people all the time that I, you know, I started my podcast and continued it when nobody was listening uh, for years because of who I got to talk to. I mean, that's how I looked at it. It's like, I don't care if everybody listens to my show. I mean, obviously I did, but it, I, the real value or, or immediate value for me was that I got to have conversations with really smart people who in a lot of cases were far more influential than me. Um, and that, you know, in a lot of ways, I, so I didn't see that as influencer marketing, but in a way it, you, you could certainly put it in that bucket, couldn't you? Yeah. And I tell, you know, uh, one of my clients is a, is a startup SaaS company, you know, real niche B2B market. And it's like, you know, a podcast serves as a great vehicle for influencer marketing because it yeah. gives you it gives you the ability to connect with people. Because a lot of people, a lot of influencers or a lot of people that have big followings, they have they have something they want to share. Yes, yeah. love to be on your podcast, right? right. So, you know, it, it, it is a great vehicle. And you're right. When I look through my lens of influencer marketing, when I see all these podcasts that are all focused on interviews, and I mean you're I mean, John, I mean you're obviously an influencer of your of your own all right, but many people who aren't influencers who just interview other influencers, yes. they align themselves with them and they begin to be seen as an influencer over time. So yes, a lot of influencer marketing going on in the podcasting world without people realizing it. So if I'm a business out there thinking that, yeah, okay, I need to I need to round up this, you know, people that can help my brand, you know, that are influencers. I mean, how do you how do you go about a finding identifying the right people and then sort of vetting whether or not they're a fit for you. Yeah, so you know most influencer marketers struggle with what we call influencer identification, which is the exact same question that you asked. And I say, and in my book, The Age of Influence, I say let's look at the brand affinity model. Let's look at the other way around. Who already know, likes, and trusts you, and has a thousand followers on any, any given right. social network, or even if they don't have a thousand, they you know they want to work with you. So. You know, I'm encouraging businesses, large and small, to create a program. And in that program, it's reaching out to your customers. You know, it, it's I mean, there are tools out there where you can actually from a CRM, you can append the data with social data. Right. right, right. So dig in and look at their social profiles. Um, look at your followers on any given social network. Right. So you got your customers. you got your followers. Look at your employees. If someone in your organization is LinkedIn Sales Navigator, you can see who from your company has pub published content or posted in the last 30 days. Real easy way to find people. Um, and if you have partners, right? A, a lot of companies have distributors or, you know, resellers, what have you, system integrators, whoever they are, are, do, are they active on social as well? And it's really about creating a program and saying, hey, we want to create a program, um, call it a brand ambassador program, call it a VIP program, whatever you want to do. And maybe you start with a Facebook group or LinkedIn group, I don't know. Um, but just really, you know, bringing people together and saying, how how can we, you know, how can we better support you? We recognize that you're an influencer in social, no matter how influenced you are. And how can we, you know, collaborate together? We have all these, you know, great ideas for content. Do you want to be part of that? Are there any photographers here? Any videographers here? Can we hire you to create some content for us? Because you already know, like, and trust our brand. And, and you know, can we train you? Uh, I know brands that are training nano influencers and how to become better copywriters 
uh, how to take better photos, how to you know take better videos because it's going to pay dividends, right? And I think when we look at this in the lens of employee advocacy, those businesses that have invested in their employees have seen the best benefits. So it's it's all these components and and starting that conversation. And if you're a business where you don't have many customers and you don't have many employees and you don't have any partners, that's where you need to incite word of mouth. You need to give away product and service to get people talking about you. And a lot of nano influencers, if they're really into what you what you do, would love to help spread the word if it's a great product. So that's where you do a keyword search in any given social network. Who's talking about you know the types of products or services that that you have? Um, who's following your competitors? And really, from there, you know, it's it's the old sending social signals, following them, commenting, mm-hmm. engaging, and seeing who engages back, and starting conversations there. So because marketers ruin everything, um, I won't tell you about the 10 awful pitches I get a day um, for people that want to collaborate um, <laughs> in air quotes. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, but so I'm going to instead uh, ask you, you know, what's the best way to approach somebody that you, I mean, you talked about this, obviously having a relationship already is a great way to approach somebody, but, but what, but short of that, if you've identified some people that you think, Hey, um, this would be a good collaboration or we could support each other. Um, you know, what's the best way to approach and open that relationship? Because as I said, I can share lots of ways not to do it. Yeah. Because those people just use automated <laughs> software, find your email. I get the same thing. So it's, it's, you know, if these people, if the whole idea is that we want to incite word of mouth, these people have built communities in social media. So if you were to give authentic comments on their content, yeah. you would assume that they would respond back. They would, they would notice you. So you know, we young kids talk about sliding into the DM when they want to get to know someone better. And it's, it's, really, it's really the same concept of building a relationship socially. And after a few iterations saying, hey, really enjoyed your content. You know, we have a program here. Would you be interested in trying out our product? And, you know, I had a, a company recently reach out to me. They're like, Neo, we have this great new tool. We'd like to offer you a free seven-day trial. <laughs> I said, you know, that's I, I could get the same thing on your website. I go, right. you know, if you want to offer it to me for life, yeah, uh, and you really want to get my feedback, and and they did it, and we did a thirty minute Zoom call where I gave them all this great feedback on their tool because I found it useful, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I think just getting like feedback is a critical component of marketing, and and influencers do bring that value. So I wouldn't expect that they're going to immediately respond, and it's it's a sale, right? You're yeah. going to try to do this with a hundred different people, maybe only ten respond, um, but those are the ten that I would start with, and 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 have that open ended call. Hey, you know what what are ways in which we can help you? Because companies. And there's like a company I met at Social Media Marketing World, and they're a video company, right? And they mention, they're like, hey, if you ever come up to San Francisco, we have a video studio that we'd love for you to check out. I'm like, why don't you rent that video studio out to influencers who would love to have access to top-notch video equipment, right? So there are things that that companies have that they can can give away without necessarily spending money on people. Yeah. So, so would you go as far as saying uh, that influencer marketing could be considered a channel like email marketing, you know, or paid search? Um, and if so, does that mean that every marketing plan ought to at least have that on the roadmap? Yeah, that that's, I'm glad you said that that's exactly what I've been preaching. So, I mean, let's take a, a step back digital marketing, right? So you have your, your website or your app, you have your search, right? So SEO, uh, search engine marketing, pay-per-click, mm-hmm. you have your email, email marketing, marketing automation. That's, that's the basics of digital marketing. Then we get into the content marketing, the blogging, the lead magnets, and then you get into social media, the organic and paid. And I would argue that this type of marketing, this influencer marketing, would be that sixth type 
Mm-hmm. And like content, the influencer piece can help your organic social media. It can help your content marketing. The content can help your search engine optimization. It can it can complement everything. And and I was just on another podcast. It was like, Neil, how do you argue for budget for this? Well, I say, turn the clock back 10 years. How did you get budget for social media when it was still a new thing and people didn't see the ROI, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it's really the same thing. And I'm not saying there are companies, startups, especially Instagram-centric that will invest you know, Estee Lauder invests 75% of their marketing budget in influencers. They actually mm-hmm. announced that at a press conference. So I'm not saying you need to go that far, but right. start with, do you spend money on content? And if you're a B2B company, you spend a lot of money on content. Let's take a step back and say, okay, let's funnel some of that to working with influencers to create content for us. That's an easy way to start. And when you want to talk to an influencer, it's not like, you know, I'm going to give you a $25 gift card. It's like, we really want to work with you. We want we yeah. think your content can represent our brand. Can we can we start that way? And that's just an easy way to get started. Yeah, and and so you use the example of Estee Lauder that you know a lot of some small businesses particularly would have trouble sort of uh, associating with that. But if you think about it, let's, let's say a small a, a local remodeling contractor, if they did a great project for a somewhat influential person or socialite, you know, in town in the, in, and that person did a video for them. I mean, that, that's influencer marketing, isn't it? That, that, that absolutely is. And, yeah. and therefore you sort of approach things differently. And I'd argue, John, at the end of the book, I talk about the more influence your business has in social, the easier it becomes to collaborate with other influencers. Right. Yeah. And that's, and, and so, you know, I have a, a CEO of a real estate company who reached out to me, he said, I read your book. I want each of our agents to become an influencer in their community. And yeah. if, if, and I would want every small business, you know, yeah. you do cabinetry. I don't care what you do. Uh, I'd want you to be active in social. And it, it's hard to create content. I, I get that for most small businesses, but you don't have to leverage the content of those around you, leverage the content of your customers. It becomes so much easier. Um, take, you know, hire a photographer to take out one of your customers in a photo shoot. I don't know, right? It's not hard to do once you have a, a shift in mindset. Yeah. And and particularly going down to the local business, I mean, that form of content would be so different than just the you know, like blogging about our services and our products uh, as well. So it's a great differentiator. So let's flip this around a little bit. Um, what if what if I wanted to be more of an influencer? Um, would your book help me do that? Yeah. So at the end, it talks about, um, you know, how, why businesses should become more influential. And then the following chapter is, well, how do I become influencer? And, it, you know, whenever I got asked questions about this over the past few years, which prompted me to write the book, there were marketers who also wanted, who had that same question, how do I become more influential? Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, by th- there's obviously advice in the book, but it's also reverse engineering everything I'm talking about. So if you want to become more influential and you want your target customer if you want to become a pure influencer, you're the target brands that you want to do business with. But if you want your target customer to find you, the heart of any influencer is that they create content, right? So yeah. you need to be creating the type of content that people would actually look for. And you need to be somewhat consistent. You need to sort of pick your lane. Is it going to be audio, video, you know, textual? And and, and therefore, you know, every business should be creating content. Yeah. But it's not necessarily for that SEO piece. It's really that, that lifestyle piece. What, what is going to interest people? So instead of talking about your products and services, it's actually talking about things that matter to people 
that would attract them to you that they find relatable. So I'd, I'd, I'd say it's a different type of content, but that sort of content can help you become over time can help you build that community and be seen as more of an influencer. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that idea of, of picking your lane. I, I swear, you know, there's so much pressure on business owners to feel like they've got to be in every platform doing everything. And so then they don't do any of it well. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I let them off the hook a lot of times and say, let's just start here. Let's go deep here. This seems to make the most sense or we have the, the biggest opportunity for a layup here. <laughs> you know, let's, let's go ahead and focus all of our attention on that um, because I, you know, there's so much of, of what we, you know, what we do that we shouldn't be doing or that has no real payoff. And uh, so uh, I support you 100% on that idea. Yeah. And you got to be passionate about it. Otherwise it's yeah. not going to last. So yeah. <laughs> podcasts do it. I've seen successful yeah. businesses. They, they just have a podcast for their marketing, but it works yeah, yeah. well, right? So yeah. One, yeah. Yeah, that's a great point, too, because we work with so many businesses that the owners are, you know, technicians for the business. They they do marketing because it's a necessary evil, not because they enjoy any aspect of it. And so then you tell them to get on Facebook and, you know, that's really crazy. So I'm the same way. If, if you're not if, if there's not some aspect of it that you enjoy or that you see payoff, you know, you're just not going to stick with it. Just, just you, you mentioned podcasts as an example. I mean, how many billions and billions of podcasts got started and had three episodes? Yep. <laughs> you know, cause, cause it's not easy in the beginning, <laughs> particularly, you know, cause nobody's looking for you. You got to figure out all the equipment, you know, that's hard to figure out how to share it. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta, that, that's why I tell people, I, you know, I did it because it gave me access to, to people. And I tell people that all the time. I mean, I could send, you know, especially if they had a book coming out, I could send an influencer a note saying, hey, would you like to talk to me for 20 minutes? And had I sent them that same note, you know, without a podcast, uh, you know, I would get probably no response at all. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, and it's funny because just personally speaking, I started my podcast early on back in 2013, I think. And I did it for a while and I just stopped doing it for a few years. And the reason why I started doing it again in Q4 of 2019 is because I actually became a podcast listener. I never listened to other people's podcasts, yet I was doing it as a marketer. Well, you yeah. got a podcast, right? And I'm a speaker, <laughs> so it makes sense. But then when I started listening to other podcasts and being interviewed on those podcasts that I listened to and interviewing them, um, I, I, it just, you know, it, I found this new passion where I'll, I'll podcast before I write a blog post. Uh, and I'm thinking podcast first. So just an example, it's all about the passion. If you're not using the social network, it, it probably doesn't make sense for you to be on there trying to become an influencer. So start, yeah, yeah. start with what you love. <laughs> well, Neil, thanks so much for dropping by uh, the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. You want to tell people where they can find uh, the Age of Influence and uh, find uh, what you're up to? Sure. Well, the Age of Influence available at any any bookseller uh, online. Uh, my name, Neil Schaefer, the real Neil, N-E-A-L. And there's a few of us Schaefer's out there. So it's S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R. So neilschaefer.com, Neil Schaefer on social media. And my podcast is called the Maximize Your Social Influence Podcast, if you're interested in this perspective on influencer marketing. I was just visiting today with probably a mutual uh, friend, Mark Schaefer, who spells Schaefer a little differently. Indeed he does. There's Wes Schaefer. Every day it seems like there's new Schaefer's coming out of the woodworks. I don't know what it is. So Awesome. Well, thanks again for, for stopping by, and hopefully we'll see you someday soon out there on the road. Thank you so much, John.